podcast. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Had a pretty uh, in-depth and insightful conversation with uh, one of our regulars since the beginning, Christina. Uh, She's a teacher down at the Challenger School and just truly has an amazing story. Um, super excited for you guys to hear this one. Let me know what you guys think. I may not be a mom, but I do own a soda shop that helps give them their fix. I'm sitting down with Utah moms to find out their stories, their passions, and their truths. This is Salt Lake Moms. All right, Christina, tell us your story. Tell us where you're from, what you do, and you're a mama, of course, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> tell me about well, it. I'm from Oregon. Moved here in 99. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know? I don't know at all. Like. So why'd you come to Utah? Why are you in Utah? My husband, I met him on a phone line dating system. Really? He lived Wait, here. tell that story really quick. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, oh my gosh. My mom left you when I was 13 to raise myself. Really? So... Can I hear that story? Like, <laughs> what? How do you, how'd you raise yourself from 13? I got emancipated. Really? Um lived with a boyfriend at the time. Well, I lived in a house that my mom was paying for with HUD, so mm-hmm. low-income housing. She moved out to go live with her boyfriend and left me. And um, so my boyfriend at the time lived there with us and she was still paying the rent. But then he moved out and I had to secretly move into his house with his parents. Nice. So through my whole college school years, I lived like in 20 different places secretly. Some were secrets, some were not secrets. But anyways, so, um, I don't know why, I was 21. Was I 21 yet? I think I was 21. Trying to find Mr. Wright, and there was a phone line dating system called Live Links. And it was only in Utah, then it opened up to Washington, and then it opened up to Idaho, and then it opened up to Utah, and I heard this guy, his message, and I was like, oh, he sounds interesting. So I messaged him back, and he messaged me back. And two weeks later, we decided we were gonna get married. Not meeting. Two weeks. Uh, yeah, and he gave me his credit card number. I went and bought a wedding dress, went and bought everything. He planned everything, and the week before we got married, he came out to Oregon to meet me. And then I flew out the next weekend and we got married. And it's been 19 years this June. <laughs> so, so, you, so, from 13, do you feel like you had to grow up really fast then? Like, were you forced to grow up really fast? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you grateful for that? Do you think that's. Yeah. Because I'm further along than most people my age, or I I wasn't as immature as people my age, but I never was anyways. I always hung out with people that were older than me anyways, so I was always more mature than most people. I never hung out with people my age. I was always a few years ahead, so how do but you, I wouldn't regret it. How do you feel like what happened, like your childhood story, how do you flip-flop that into like the way you do parenting? Do you, does it? Obviously, oh. reflects it, right? Oh, huge! I'm I'm very involved in my girls' lives. Yeah, I will never leave them. I'm I'm with them constantly. Once I had a baby, well, it took us seven years to get our first child. Fertility problem. You just have two, right? Yep, just the two girls. Stayed home for the first five years of their life. I work at their school. <laughs> I'm very involved with them. Yeah. They, I make sure that they have they have a great life. Not that they're spoiled, they have to earn what they have, but if they want to, you know, I make sure that they're active, I make sure that they're well taken care of. 
Like they don't want for anything of life, necessity things, you know. They don't ever need for that, but I mean, they don't have everything that everybody has. They don't have the best of the best of the best, you know what I mean? Like they don't have 10 million American Girl dolls. They have one each, that's all that they need, but they don't, they don't want for anything because they're well taken care of, love, love-wise. Their love tank is full, I guess I could say. So do you have any like core principles that you like kind of parent them off of, or you're, you just kind of learn by I doing? I don't do what my mother did, because <laughs> it was not good. I mean, she was an okay parent, but um, she wasn't as involved in our lives. I don't remember her ever like helping with homework or making sure that my friends were okay or asking me how I was emotionally or anything like that. So I make sure those things, I'm there for my kids for that. I make sure that they know that I'm there for them. If they need me, they can come to me. Do you, um, how does like, living in Utah specifically, has it like affected the way you parent, like the culture here? Like, uh, it's, if you're not the minority, do you like it? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like living in Utah. <laughs> I can't wait to move back to Oregon. It's just different. We're not the minority religion here, so it makes it very difficult. Yeah. My, my, I'm thankful that my girls go to a school where it's very diverse in the religion. So they have more friends that way, but like in our neighborhood, they have no friends in our neighborhood. Really? And we've lived there, they've lived there all their life, and they're 11 and 9. They don't have any friends in our neighborhood. Do you think that's because just the culture is kind of clicky, or? Yes. Okay. I think that, yeah, they, the friends, the people that I know that are all friends are all the same religion. And they don't, like, sort of outsource. And they all have kids that are my girls' ages, but they won't interact with us. It's weird. But I'm like, whatever. I teach my kids to not judge and to be judgmental of anybody and it doesn't matter who, you know, as long as a person's good and they have good morals and standards and values, then that's what we go by. So how do you teach it then? Like, by emulating that ourselves. So you lead so, by example? Yes, exactly. We, I, we don't associate with a lot of our family because they don't live the way that, I mean, we believe in the Bible for Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. So we have a standard of morals that we live by, and if you don't, you know, we don't judge people, like, you know, whether, you know, you're, you're gay or you're a lesbian or, you know, whatever it is, we don't judge you. We don't think that you're a horrible or you're a bad person. It's not the way that, you know, that we, it's not a lifestyle that we agree with, but you're not a bad person. We are not disrespectful to you, any of those kinds of things, you know. We'll still be respectful to you. We'll talk to you. We have friends. It's no big deal, but the other way, it's not that way, so I just... We've never been disrespectful to anybody. We treat everybody the same. We're friendly to people, and we teach our children to be the same way. Do you look up to anyone? Like, who do you look up to? Do you look up to someone? Like, well, I love how they parent, or you know, I look to them for advice, or just curious because it sounds like you kind of you're kind of just learning as you go, right? And just doing it on your own. Um, I mean, I I look at some people, but I don't. I don't actually call anybody for advice, to the truth. Really? I don't. And that's one thing I'm sad about, like, with my mom. Do you wish? I wish I could call my mom for advice, but I won't because she doesn't really, honestly, I mean, it sounds horrible, but she doesn't have any parenting advice that would benefit me or my girls. Like, she tries to parent my children now or tell me what to, how to raise them or whatever, and I'm like, Mom, you're the grandmother. Be the grandma. I'm the parent. I know what I'm doing. And I want to make sure that I'm raising them the way that they will call me for advice. 
Like, my mom raised me this way, and I love how she did that. I want to call her advice. I want our relationship to be different than mine and my mom's. Because my mom, my mom disappeared from my life for four and a half years. I didn't know where she was or anything. So it, it was a rocky relationship. And I don't want that with my girls. I want it to be different. What are your what are your girls into? What are, what's like their what's uh, their thing? Uh, well, they've both been in ballet since they were two. Really? What's what's the ballet mom life like? <laughs> right now, it's crazy. Victoria's in pre point. She's eleven. She's in pre point. Now she's going to be going into point. What's that? Is a stage of ballet? Uh, so that's the point shoes. You know where they're on their toes. Yeah. Um, so she goes to ballet three times a week. Elizabeth will start that now because now she's going into pre point. So next year they'll both be three times a week. They go three hours, three times a week, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Trying to remember how that goes. So it's it's a lot. I sit at the ballet studio while you're- you go three hours, three times a week? Yep, now? because we because it's in Mill Creek and we live all the way out in Tula. Okay. So I go to ballet studio while they're in ballet and I sit in the car and do lesson plans. Yep. Or I correct grade papers because I'm a teacher. Yep. I just sit there and I wait for my children. So what's the balance then? So you're a teacher. What's the balance between mom and teacher and wife? Like, how do you do that, you know? Um, so my children and my, and my work consume my life. I don't do anything for myself. I knew that when going in as have, being a mother, though, that, that I wanted to be a mom, the best mom I could be, and give them all of me, and I do. So, and you should. I'm sorry, but you should. When you become a parent, your marriage like sort of takes a back step for a second and you should become the best parent that you can be. So our marriage has taken sort of a back step and our kids have become our focal point, especially with me. They were, they still are my huge focal point. So my life is them and school, them and school, them and school. Now that school's out, it's going to be mainly just them. How making does, sure that they're happy all the time. How does a mom, like you stay organized, like your ballet, your school, your, my your phone. husband. <laughs> my phone. Everything is scheduled. I have to have that. Everything is scheduled. Um, the only time that my husband and I get together is at night. Now that the girls, we can leave them alone by themselves because now they're old enough. So there's times that we'll go to the movie together and we'll go out to dinner now that they're old enough that we can leave them at home by themselves. So that's been more enjoyable, not having to get a sitter to watch them. Yeah. So that's been better. How, what's a... So, okay, busy mom, you got a billion things, you're working. Oh, so horse riding lessons. So they do horse riding lessons, they do ballet, they have private school, so it's very challenging. And piano. And, okay, yep, that's I it. wanted to get your thoughts on this school. Like, why, specific, why specifically Challenge. private school? And is it just because you worked there that they go there? No. Nope. Or do you? No, they, they went there before I worked there. Okay. Um, so uh, do you work there because they went there like you want to just be closer to them right? yes whatever school they whatever school they were involved in I was going to work at so I could be closer to my kids so when I was actually pregnant with my last with my last child Elizabeth we actually um, built a, a, a charter school out in Tooele really that was going to be great and fantastic and we were so excited but then the curriculum did not go the way that all of us founding members built it to be yeah. so we did not send them there our second choice was the private school we knew the public school was not going to be the situation with the Common Core, and just... How did you get knowledgeable they, on, on that stuff? Like, education is important to us, being that you can only do it one way, the right way the first time. You can't like redo education, it's hard. And education system has changed a lot since I went to school. 
two years ago? No, <laughs> a long time ago. Two so years ago. I yeah. wanted to make Last sure. Fall. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that whatever school we went them that we sent them to was going to challenge them and give them the best start on the right foot of that they could have a million schools to choose from. So Challenger had always been in our back pocket, but money-wise, it's quite expensive to go there. So when the charter school didn't work out, we sent them to preschool in Challenger. So they went to school there two years. And once Victoria went into kindergarten, which is all day, that's when I decided to start working there. Because yep. then I wasn't a stay-at-home mom anymore. They were both in school full-time, so then I could work. Okay. So I worked, I've been working there for six years. Really? So it helps with the discount. <laughs> I don't have to pay so much. But it's it's not for everybody. Challenger's not for everybody, not for every student. It's very rigorous. It's very challenging. But in your opinion, that's how it's, it should be. It's the best for our kids. And so it's different for every kid? Yeah, not every kid. Are there kids that come in there and you're like, you're, this is not the right kid? Mm -hmm. Yep. Really? Yep. I mean, in preschool, it's great. I mean, our girls were reading at, at three years old. And it's because, because at that time, children want to learn that. They want to learn the letters, the sounds. They want to learn those kinds of things. But when the public system, when they start teaching them how to read in kindergarten, and for, not even kindergarten, in first grade, that's when they teach them how to read, they're more interested in cars and dinosaurs, other things. They don't want to know what A says and B says. They're not interested in that. And that's why it's sad that our country is, and it's not the teacher's fault, it's the education's fault, that our children can't read. You know, when seniors graduate, they're not even reading on a, a senior level. They're like on the seventh grade level. And that's just sad. It's a disservice to these children because they're smart. So I love that they start them early, that they're reading, that they're they're teaching, they're introducing them these concepts at an age where that's what they're interested in at that time. Is it ever like too much? Why why would a, why would you see someone in your class and be like, oh, you're, like, you're just probably not fit for a school like this? Some some pressure, kids. Too much pressure. It's not it's not pressure, but it's some some kids just learn on different levels and learn at different speeds or learn in different ways. Challenger Challenger does not teach kids to retort things. Retort. I just said that wrong. <laughs> to, to to pair it back to us, we teach them how to think, speak, and write with clarity. So we give them concepts. And then they apply it instead of teaching them. I mean, there's some things that are concrete. Two plus two is four. That can't ever change. But as far as other concepts go, we we just teach them concepts, and then they apply it, and they come up with their own answers. What's an example of a concept? Okay, so like governments. Like, okay, I just taught my my second graders this between a dictatorship because they're going to start learning about history next year. Um, between a dictatorship, a um, oh my gosh, I just. Um, what did we just learn about? <laughs> a government that is ruled by um, a constitution, a republic constitution, which our forefathers... Like democracy? Yes, yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, couldn't think of that word. Mm -hmm. Yes. So dictatorship of democracy, and then what our forefathers set up was actually a republican constitution. Okay. So they learned how See, that is. So, that. Huh? See, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually don't live in a democracy. That's not how a democracy is run. We actually live within a republican democracy in a way but it's a constitution backs it up but so i teach them what all this is and then you know i taught them that okay a democracy is actually where um we pick a ruler by voting somebody to govern us yeah. but and they you know come up with rules and regulations 
but the rules and regul and they say that OSIS is going to benefit you, but really it doesn't benefit anybody. It benefits themselves. But having the constitution like our forefathers set up, which is actually the constitution is rules that the government is supposed to follow that protects us as citizens. Okay. So, so we teach. teach this? So in during, through games. Really? So we have this game that Challenger has made up. It's a card game, but they earn resources through races or through um, dice rolling, and they had to answer questions, and they all earned all of these resources. And then we had a queen. She ruled because she had the most gold, so that's how she won, to be queen. And she went around, and she was able to just take whatever she wanted from everybody. Nobody could say anything. And they're like, this isn't fair. We don't like this. And so they learned how the dictatorship ruled, and they were imp implementing that of how this how this was going to work out, and then we did the same game through a democracy. And then we read a book about um, patriotism, and they, so they could see how all of this is working, and we're, we asked lots of hows and whys. That's what we do. We ask, how, how is this gonna work? Well, what would happen if this worked, and why would this happen? So it's more of thought-provoking information. Instead of just telling them things, we give them a scenario, and then we're like, well, how would this? Why would this? How would this? How would, why would this? Who's the creative children? behind, like, the games and the curriculum like that. Is so, it Challenger? So, Barbara Baker was the developer of Challenger. She has since passed away. Um, As a teacher, though, do you have to kind of come up with, like, you know, we gotta, here's a game, we gotta play it, teach these? No, Chal Challenger comes up with everything. We get to put our personality into it, though. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. They they have it all set out for us. It's great. I love it. So, let's wrap this up, Christina. Okay, sorry. Give me your. Okay. Uh, this is my favorite question to ask. Give me your. Your Christina's piece, like if you could, if you just one thing you know for sure, maybe it's a piece of advice, maybe it's you know just some a conclusion you've come to based on experiences you've had or just trial and error. Like, what is Christina's piece? Um, that I wouldn't. It's to honest to God truth. I know that not everybody believes, but um, that I really, honestly, true, truly do believe in Jehovah because I wouldn't be here without him and the life that I've lived I should have been dead quite a few times but because of him I've been saved several times hey Salt Lake City thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast let us know what you think share it with your friends spread the love